Well, hello, beautiful sisters. Amy Ann here. This isn't your normal Christian podcast. Let's get real. There really isn't anything normal about me. So how can it be? I'm not here to bully or shove anything down your throat. God has given me the most beautiful testimony, and he instructs us to share it throughout the Bible. So that's what I'm doing. I'll share some of my own personal trials that God has so lovingly carried me through in the hopes that you'll lean into El Shaddai, God Almighty, and allow him to transform you as he has and continues to do for me. So whether you just got home from work with your high heels on, or you're staring at a sink full of dishes, I'm here for you, sister. I see you and all the beautiful, messy life things you've got going on, and I'm here to pour some of God's light and love into you. So grab your water or whatever you prefer. Let me help you unwind. Spend some time with God and me, and let's see how deep he'll take us. Father God, I come before you completely humble and surrendered, and I ask that you speak through me today, Lord. I pray that you use me as your vessel and allow me to speak clearly, thoroughly, use my own life experiences, and Lord, I just pray that my message helps somebody out there and that you help me heal while we're telling whatever stories you choose to tell. Thank you so much for your salvation, Lord. Thank you for your love and your never-ending forgiveness. It is in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. Well, hello, everyone. Today, I feel like God is pushing me to speak on spiritual warfare and flesh versus spirit. Um, you know, when he urged me to talk about this in the beginning, he took me to the book of Isaiah. And I read the beginning of it, and it said, Isaiah is a book on hope. Hope on the other side of the exile. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. That's, the Bible is filled with so much hope and that truly fills my heart because God doesn't want us to suffer and he doesn't want us to live in misery. He truly has so much hope for us, but it's up to us to choose his way and let pride and ego and fear and shame and guilt go those are all places the enemy wants us to live. Those are all places that the enemy convinces us to live and therefore we live in flesh. There's not one of those things that I just said that God won't release you from. As long as you're willing to give it to him. Sometimes I have to give him give him those things several times a day depending on the day. Some days are so easy and other days are not. And that just makes me human. So Isaiah 42 is where God started me with. And it says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. And I went ahead and I read uh, verse number one to it said, comfort, comfort, my people, says your God. So he is giving us comfort after sinning. He loves us. He forgives us. 
I wanted to know what Jerusalem did. And so I went into Lamentations. Chapter 1, I read verses 7 through 9. And I'll read them now. Jerusalem remembers in the days of her affliction and wandering all the precious things that were hers from days of old, when her people fell into the hand of the foe and there was none to help her. Her foes gloated over her. They mocked at her downfall. Jerusalem sinned, sinned grievously. Therefore, she became filthy. All who honored her despised her, for they have seen her nakedness. She herself groans and turns her face away. Her uncleanness was in her skirts. She took no thought of her future. Therefore, her fall is terrible. She has no comforter. Oh, Lord, behold my afflictions. The enemy has triumphed. And I read that, and it hit me really hard. I can relate to Jerusalem in those three verses. Her uncleanness was in her skirts. She took no thought of her future. Therefore, her fall was terrible. She had no comforter. Behold my affliction, for the enemy has triumphed. I was there a year ago. I was there, and I... I had to stop and ask myself, am I going to continue the life that I've been living and continue to be the person that I've been and quite possibly end up dead a year from now? Or am I going to go all in and give God everything? Because I had been playing a friends with benefits relationship with him for so long. Her uncleanness was in her skirts. You guys, I... I can't even tell you how much sexual immorality is in my past. But God has forgiven all of that. He doesn't care if it happened yesterday. It happened today. All he cares about is the disposition of our heart and what we're going to do with our sin from here on out. He wants us to repent. He wants us to reconcile and he wants us to make good of our sins. He doesn't want us to hide from them. He literally tells us in the Bible to take our testimonies out to help others. So if we're hiding from our sin and we're not doing what he says, how are we supposed to help others? She took no thought of her future. Guys, I never thought about the future. I mean, I kind of did in a very short-term way, if that makes sense. But the mind and heart transformation that God has given me, I think about generations to come. And I don't care what it takes or what I have to do to make sure that my son's kids and their kids and their kids and their kids all have Jesus in them. I am not afraid to admit any of my wrongdoings because Jesus has already forgiven me. He's already made those wrongs right. And he's teaching me every single day how to live on his foundation. How to be bold in a loving, godly way. And how to speak truth without fear of what other people are going to say or think. 
So after I read that, I went back and I read Isaiah 41 and 2 again. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that her warfare has ended, that her iniquity is pardoned, and that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all of her sins. You know, I feel like my life started out with things that I, I had no control over. But then I also made so many bad choices throughout my childhood and adult life that everything I've gone through since completely surrendering to God, I deserve it. I deserve 10 times more because, you know, God doesn't owe me anything. He doesn't owe me a faithful husband. He doesn't owe me a marriage that is happy, joyous, and free. He's teaching me how to give sacrificial love. Sacrificial love is so hard, you guys, because to be able to give sacrificial love, you can't expect the other one, anybody else, to reciprocate it. But God calls us to give sacrificial love regardless. It's hard. You know, I had to sit down one day and, and come face to face with the fact that I have so much faith in God and I know that he will never ever let me down guys. Never. He never has and he never will. You know, and I, I feel like I have been in warfare for so many years. My, I swear my husband and I have been in spiritual warfare since the day we decided to start healing from our past so that we could heal from our marriage and relationship and move forward. And man, it's been hard. But I will tell you what, it's been worth every step of the way for myself because I'm a completely different person. I barely recognize myself these days. And that's in a good way because I love the woman I am today. I no longer want to hurt anybody. I no longer want to lash out at anybody. I don't scream and yell and throw things anymore. I did hang up on my husband last night and I apologize for being childish. But you know what? God reminds me too that it's okay to hang up when things are getting heated. It's okay. I just should have said goodbye. I went on to read 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 5. And it says, weapons of warfare are not of flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Y'all, that is pretty intense if you think about it. I have, God has been showing me where I had strongholds that I did not even know I had. I left my first marriage and swore I would never be with a man that did X, Y, and Z. And <clears throat> 
God's breaking every single one of those strongholds that I did not realize I placed upon myself. In verse 5, he says, destroy arguments, every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. So how do we do that, y'all? It does go on to tell us how we do. By taking every thought captive to obey Christ. You may be thinking, sister, you have no idea how many thoughts are in my head. I have thoughts for my thoughts, but let me tell you guys, I did too. And it used to drive me absolutely insane. I remember being up until wee hours in the morning, trying to sort out everything in my head and fig trying to figure out if everything in my head and everything in my heart matched and it never did. So I was always confused and in fear and reacting instead of, instead of going to God. One day I spoke to my pastor's wife and she gave me four things to evaluate each thought by. She said, Amy, if the thought isn't loving, kind, encouraging, or empowering, it's not from God and should be rebuked. That saved my life, you guys. And it definitely saved my mind too. I started evaluating each thought that I could capture. And it turned out most of my thoughts were not of God. Most of them had fear attached to him. And we know that fear is not from God. Fear is from the enemy. And I started to realize how much of my life I lived in fear. I mean, I was born into a life of fear. I had a babysitter at the age of six sexually abused me for a few weeks and threatened to harm me and my brother and my mom if we ever said anything. And I remember until the day he died, I literally felt like I was looking over the, over my shoulder, waiting for him to come out and hurt me or hurt my family and I'd come home and they were gone or, you know, I, I lived in nothing but fear my entire life in therapy this year. I learned that I was as a young, young kid, because of all of the abuse that took place, I had a disasso disassociative behavior. I not only disassociated from my mind, but also from my body. And I had to learn. It took me over a year in therapy to learn, first of all, how not to disassociate from my body. And that one was really hard because I had to face a lot of things I didn't want to face. And when I felt like God had helped me with that and I was to the point where I could move on, we started working on disassociative cognitive behavior. I am so thankful for that therapist because even in my adulthood, since I've been healing and working on myself, there are so many periods that I don't remember. And I 
I thought it was, I don't know what I thought, honestly. I thought it was because of my seizures, but it turns out it was because I was literally removing myself from my mind. And so she taught me how not to do that. And what I realized is when I go into that state and I've removed myself from my mind, I have no control. God has no control, but the enemy does. And I say and do things and react in horrible ways that put me into shame and put me into fear. And then I want to hide from everybody because I said and did things that I, I shouldn't have. And I knew that I shouldn't have, but I didn't remember doing it. It took quite a while. I still at certain times have trouble with this one, but I will tell you that God is so faithful and loving and kind. He gets me through so much quicker these days. I'm not perfect and I still struggle from time to time. The difference today is that I don't entertain the thoughts. As soon as God points it out, I rebuke it. And it's as if sometimes my mind completely flips. It's the weirdest experience. And then I have to be obedient and clean up my mess. And I have to clean up my mess regardless of what that other person says or does or doesn't say or doesn't do. Because God doesn't want me to worry about anybody else but myself. And in doing that, as a human, that is the hardest thing in the world to do because I naturally want to focus on what everybody else is doing that hurts me. But that's not what God calls us to do. And as I'm learning this, he is showing me a whole different side to emotions. I don't have to have those explosive emotions that do so much damage to myself and others anymore. And when I do, I'm so not afraid to admit it and apologize because I want to be a better person today than I was yesterday. And that is my goal every single day. I went on to read verse set six and it says, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. And I circled two words, every and complete. And not one time does it say anything about me doing anything. It's saying being ready to punish every disobedience. So it doesn't matter how little or how trivial we think it is or ah, it's okay. They'll get over it. He's telling us to punish every disobedience. When your obedience is complete, you have to be obedient. I have to be obedient in order to be a better person today than I was yesterday. I have to be obedient no matter how uncomfortable it makes me or how stupid it makes me. Or maybe it might even make me look like a foolish person, but that's okay because today I'm willing to learn. It wasn't before. Second Timothy 1.18 says, God is talking to, uh, God is talking to Timothy and he says, wage a good warfare, holding faith and good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwrecks of their faith, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blasphemy. You know, I feel like I went through a season of that 
we before the separation my husband was doing really good he was walking in spirit and putting up with me walking in faith and it's kind of funny how god flips flips us every single situation that we go through he continually flips it so that we can see it from each other's perspectives and i rejected faith and conscience for a very long time i brought my own beliefs into our family and hurt a lot of people i made a shipwreck of my faith you know what though i'm so thankful for that experience not because i hurt anybody i will spend the rest of my days making right of everything that I did wrong. But I wouldn't change anything for the world because I'm not the same person that I used to be. Not even close. That's all God wants. He wants our hearts. He doesn't want us perfect. So when I read, wage a good warfare, holding faith and good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blasphemy. That puts a new kind of fear of God in my soul. A good kind, entirely different. I don't know about you, but I certainly don't want to be handed over to Satan for anything. I feel like I... I feel like I lived with Satan for a very long time. He was in my soul for a very long time. And the freedom that I feel from his bondage, hmm, it's worth every single thing that I've gone through in life. Honest to God. God let, <coughs> excuse me. He led me to research what living in flesh versus spirit is, is, is according to the Bible today. And just so you know, I use an ESV study Bible in case you're reading and, and it varies a little bit. But when I was reading about flesh, he led me to Matthew 26, 41. And it says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing by flesh. Sorry. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And the more I think about that and the more I see how much I lived in flesh and how strong God has made me in spirit and courageous and bold, I see how weak the flesh really is. In Luke 3, 4 through 6, it says, Prepare the way of the Lord. Make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low. And the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. How amazing does that sound? He literally puts everything back together and makes it beautiful. After we've destroyed it, and after he gave his son for us. What a truly selfless God we have to continue to fight for us even when we don't fight for ourselves in john 3 6 he says that which is born of flesh is flesh and that which is born of spirit is spirit seven he goes on to say do not marvel that i said to you you must be born again 
And he does tell us how he's speaking in Nicodemus about being born again. He instructs us in verse five that we must be born of water and spirit. That's a baptism, you guys. I loved reading. And I, I every day I read about the armor of God because in spiritual warfare, it's really, really important to put on that armor of God. I'm just going to read it to you so that hopefully maybe you can get feel the same strength and courage that I feel when I read this. It starts on Ephesians 6, 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is that of the word. And that is 10 through 17. That is so powerful, you guys. Digest that. That is God literally giving us authority and power over every circumstance, over the devil. Psalms 143, verses 7 through 10, he says, My spirit fails. Hide not your face from me, lest I be like those who go down the pit. Let me hear in the morning of your steadfast love, for in you I trust. Make me know the way I should go, for to you I lift up my soul. Deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled to you for refuge. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Guys, how powerful is this? He is telling us to put on breastplate of righteousness. Full armor, him, his word, the Bible. You can't have an intimate relationship without reading the Bible. Not with God, not with anybody. He tells us, deliver me from my enemies, O Lord. I have fled for you. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Nowhere in here does it say, let me live my will. Let me do as I please. This is all about God teaching us how to live his will, how to live as holier people than we are. We will never be perfect. Never. Every single one of us are sinners and every single one of us sin every single day. If you don't think that you sin, as Pastor Mark says, you should probably read your Bible more because every single one of us are sinners. It's what we do with those sins that matter, you guys. So tomorrow, my podcast is going to be about faith. And I'm looking forward to, to it. You know, I've, I've struggled with faith in certain areas of my life. But as of recently, 
all that fear that caused me to doubt my faith, it's gone. And I think that the reason is because I have finally learned to cry out to Jesus. Just cry out. I had a friend pray over me to accept my language of tongues. And I love praying in tongues now because it confuses the devil and he has no clue, no clue what I'm saying. And every single time I get a tingle in my head, I get the goof goosebumps, my skin turns hot. And then when I'm done, everything in me, all of those icky feelings are gone. I'm going to keep doing it God's way. I'm going to keep leaning in and keep growing and maturing in him. I'm not going to worry so much about what the world thinks, what my husband thinks, what my kids think. Because I know that if I'm pleasing God, in the end, that's all that matters. Let's pray. Father God, thank you for the time that you allowed today. Thank you for your word and the peace and the calm and the joy that you give us when there's storms going on around us, Lord. I just pray for each and every person that is listening to this podcast. I just pray that you know, if somebody's going through a hard time, they reach out. I am more than willing to talk to them. I'd love to get to know them and share your stories with them, Lord. There's nothing in my life that's happening that is not by the grace of you. And I want to share and I want to help. Thank you, Lord, for my testimony. Thank you for the ability to do what I'm doing. And Lord, thank you for everybody that's listening today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.